All right, I have given in to popular demand and actually bought a, uh, a headset with a mic built in. Uh, thank you to the nice folks at Sennhauser. I figure I can also use this for Skype and for other voice over IP applications. And uh, it's pretty comfy, so not so bad. Uh, that sniffle I had when I was recording the last one of these uh, has turned into a full-blown cold, which combined with a full day at possibly the single most rights holder oriented unfair stack deck conference on copyright I've ever been to, something laughingly called the Creative Economy Conference at which no economists were present and where uh, things that would have had economists reduced to howls of laughter were uh, entered uh, into the uh, discussion as though they were truthful. Uh, the two of those have combined to sort of reduce me to a day sick in bed, broken only by a quick trip down to Cotton Tottenham Court Road to buy these um, overpriced, overpriced headphone headset gizmo uh, from uh, uh, the nice folks at Micro and Vika, who charge about 100% more than uh, frugal.google.co.uk charges, but who can be arsed to wait for the parcel to come in the mail. Anyway, I screwed up last time and uh, uploaded the recording, missing the last paragraph or so. So I'm going to start from there and uh, and go from there. I'm going to read one or two more scenes, and uh, then I'm going to take some cough medicine and fall asleep. She put her hand on the back of his neck and pulled his face to hers and gave him a dry, hard kiss on those pouting lips. It made her blood sing, and she gave him a hug, too, pressing her body to him. He kissed her back after a moment, surprised. His tongue probed at her closed lips, and she pulled away. Then, for a crazy moment, she thought about biting him and giving him a dose of zombieism to spread to his comrades in the trenches with him. But that wouldn't be right. They were friends now. He, she stuck her fingers in the trench wall. They hurt. She must have broken a finger before. She hauled herself up pawing her pockets for the inhaler. So long, Withnil. It was another phrase she knew from the cine. Three days after being bitten by the zombie, Valentine woke up with her hand curled protectively over the hot, huge egg on her collarbone. She couldn't move that arm this morning, not without pain like nothing she'd ever felt. Her face ached, her limbs ached, her new breast ached like she'd been punched in them repeatedly. She got out of bed like an old woman and crept to the table. She, she sat gingerly and spooned up some cereal. Her mother sat opposite her, staring over her shoulder. Valentine ate a spoonful of cereal, then spat it out as it came into contact with the raw, toothless spot on her gum. Her mother looked at her. "'Open your mouth, Vala,' she said. Valentine did as she was bade, showing the gap in her teeth. "'You were hit?' her mother said. Valentine didn't answer. She didn't trust herself to speak with her mother looking at her like that. They won't watch you now that you've lost that tooth, she said. You can go back to digging now. She stood up from the table without a word and went out of the flat. She was so feverish that she couldn't tell if the stairs went down or up, whether she was descending or ascending. She tottered out onto the street. The way that she felt, she couldn't walk properly. Her hips wanted to give way with every step, and she walked like a funky disco dancer through the early cold streets towards the wizard's house. She didn't make it. Less than halfway there, she sat down on a pile of rubble and retched. She reached down into her pocket and pulled out the wizard's inhaler, but she fumbled it. She couldn't bend over to get it, so she let herself slowly fall to the street. Then she crawled one arm to it. 
She fitted it to her mouth and then squeezed it with clumsy fingers. She dragged herself to her feet, not bothering to take the inhaler with her. Her limbs burned now and wanted to move, no matter how much it hurt, and she lurched to the wizard's door, moaning in the back of her throat. Anna let her in, eyes wide. You did it. It might have been a question. Valentine let herself slide to the soft, sweet-smelling carpet and closed her eyes. An unknowable number of hours or days after Valentine got to the wizard's flat, she woke up in a soft, fluffy bed that was quietly massaging her limbs. She was dressed in loose cotton pajamas, and there was a trolley by the table piled high, uh, a trolley by the bed, piled high with a kind of fruit that wasn't a berry and wasn't an orange, but, but a little of both, and each one had a different smiley face growing in the peel. The wizard came into the room. You'll live, he said, probably. It would have been a certainty if you'd fucking told me that you had zombieism, you little idiot. Anna came in behind him. Do you think she would have done your mission for you if she didn't have zombieism, wizard? He waved her off. You've got your cure, he said. It won't cure me, Valentine said. Her voice was like a gravel mixer. Not the kind I have. There's no cure. Oh ho, the wizard said. Would you care to make a wager on that? How about this? If you die, I'd take care of your family. If you live... You work for me, and I'll take care of your family. You already must take care of my family, she said. The wizard's eyes glittered. I think that curing your zombieism is repayment enough, so I've unilaterally renegotiated the terms of our deal. If you don't like that, I can arrange to have you reinfected, and we can go back to the original contract. You've cured me? Anna said, There are lots of things we have access to here that you can't get in the city. What would have killed you? What you had would have killed you if he hadn't helped. Will you take my bet? She thought about the mission, about the soldier, about being the queen of the battlefield. She thought about the way that they'd bombed her city, and how she'd just helped them kill the city's soldiers and diggers, diggers like her father. I won't betray my city to its enemies ever again. She sat up very straight. I was a traitor once, but I had a fever and I was dying. You are a traitor every day, and what is your excuse? A traitor? What the hell are you talking about? The spy eyes I planted so our enemies can spy on us. The wealth you have around here. How many of our people died because you sold them out? Valentine, you are a smart girl, and your mother is a soldier, but you aren't so very smart as all that. You are a stupid girl sometimes. Our little palace here isn't full of spies. We're documentarians. We shoot the war and we send it to the outside world so they can see the tragedy that they are wreaking here. We have a huge activist movement that we fuel through our pictures. The spy eyes you planted yesterday are now streaming 24-7 to activist sites in 50 countries. It is being played in the halls of the United Nations. Eva made a spitting sound. It's, been, it's being played as filler on the snowy slopes of Upper Cable. It's being played as ironic snuff porn in dorm rooms. It's being used as stock footage for avant-garde performance art. Please, wizard, please. She deserves to know the real situation, not the things you tell yourself when you can't sleep. It's entertainment? It's riveting, Anna said. Like riveting meant terrible. Very highly rated. It raises consciousness, the wizard said. You cynic, Anna. You can't see anything except the worst. It's the reason that any it's the reason that anyone except for a few policy wonks have heard of what's going on here. Entertainment? Entertainment, the wizard said, and more than that. They're killing us, they're gassing us, they're bombing us, and you're selling back to them as entertainment? 
She climbed out of the bed. She hurt, but not so much as she had before. The fever had broken, at least. Am I cured? she asked. Do I need anything else, or am I cured? The wizard scowled. Now wait a moment. You're cured, Anna said. You should rest for a few days and eat well, but you will get better, no matter what. The wizard turned and shoved her toward the door. So hard she stumbled and hit the jam. She spat on the floor and walked out of the room. Valentine pulled herself out of the bed. The wizard took her wrist, and without hesitating, she jammed her thumb into his eye socket, grunting with the effort. He shouted and reeled away, and she made her way out of the bedroom and down the corridor to the brave red sitting room. Anna had a couple of grip-sheeted robot-tied parcels for her. Clothes, she said. Food. Don't come back. I'm not from here, but even I know how wrong this is. He. There's no excuse for him. Go. She handed Valentine some shoes, good sturdy work boots, still warm from the printer. Well, that's what I'm reading tonight. I'm uh, running out of story here. I've got to write some more at some point. I thought I would today, but basically I just faffed around and was sick and moaned. And I'm, I'm the world's worst sick person. Anyways, uh, a little colophon. I'm recording this not only with the Sennheiser, but I'm also uh, using a different app. I've been using Audacity, which is nice free software, but um, I found it a little flaky. So I switched to a totally awesome app called Audio Hijack Pro that's also useful for ripping the DRM off of iTunes and Real Media Streams and Windows Media Music and so on. I heartily recommend it to you. Uh, you can just Google for it. Anyway, that's it for tonight. I'm sick. I'm going to bed. Talk to you later. Bye.